connected to the land with Four Rivers Equipment and John Deere. Welcome to the Four Rivers Podcast. We are your working partner and we mean it. Well, I'm Fred Eichler, and I am here today with Will Fight, who is the Territory Customer Support Manager for John Deere Ag and Turf. And we're here actually to talk about something pretty interesting um, and something that I think a lot of people misunderstand. And it's about some legislation involving right to repair. Uh, Will, if you would, break down this subject for us. And let's start this interesting conversation that a lot of people are on both sides of the aisle and a lot of people misunderstand. But to give it a real rough overview, some people think a lot of manufacturers don't want people working on their own equipment. So if you own a large tractor, large equipment, things like that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. You guys are fine with that is my understanding. Uh, But where where the issue comes in is some of the intellectual property rights and things that may impact, you know, environmental concerns and things like that, or even customer safety. So could you kind of jump into this subject and help enlighten anybody that owns a piece of equipment or anybody that's curious about this subject? No, that that's that's right, Fred. And and thanks for for allowing me to come out today to talk about this because this is something that is impacting a lot of people. There's there's a lot of discussion on it. Um it there with within the state of Colorado, um, there have been uh, two years of legislation that has occurred on this, and and basically it has brought up a lot of questions. Um, those questions are not bad. Questions are good, right? That right. allows us to communicate. Um, we we do our best to advertise whether John Deere itself or through our dealers. So so what's happening here is with right to repair. You're absolutely correct, John Deere. Um, believes that it is inherent right of the customer to be able to work on their own equipment. Um, that is something that um, we we have different items available for them to do and to use. And um, those are items we can talk about a little later on as, as we progress through the uh, through the discussion here. And, and Colorado is not unique in this. My understanding in talking to you before the podcast is there's some type of legislation involving right to repair that's in how many states now approximately? So so it's pretty close to 30, at least at the time of, of our discussion here. So gotcha. um, there there is um, a lot of similarities in these. What, what we found is there's a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, legislators, if you will, they are communicating uh, with each other's across borders, right? Because, again, this is something that, that impacts their uh, constituents, if you will, so they want to take care of their customers. Uh, the thing with John Deere is um, we, we've actually, as an organization, we've celebrated the right uh, to repair for our customers for, for years, basically since, since the beginning. Um, right, and to break that down, I mean – I have equipment I've got. Uh, I just actually traded off an old 4020 I had that's, you know, it's older than I am, which is embarrassing because I'm now in my early 50s. But, uh, you know, to break this down even more, if the transmission went out, if, you know, anything, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, I blow a, you know, cylinders, whatever. I am certainly, if I'm capable of it or I have a buddy that can do it, John Deere has no problem with me going in there and repairing that. The issue is... 
with some of the computer and the technology. Is, is that not correct? Am I, am I getting that right? Yep, you're, you're correct. Um, you're spot on. So, I mean, basic repairs, uh, you're talking about getting into engines, transmissions, things that can happen to, to your equipment as, as it ages or, or has unfortunate occurrences, right? Those are things that, that absolutely you can get into and work on. Uh, the items that that like you're like you're alluding to, so so there are there are items that are going to be whether it whether it changes um, a safety factor or possibly an emissions um, concern or or even a horsepower rating. Um, if those things are increased, it may not match with what that what that unit's able to do. So whether whether that's going to shorten the life of components on that tractor, the tractor overall, or or any piece of equipment that's done that that is a concern all right and so let me uh, and tell me if i'm wrong here which I, well, I certainly may be uh because i've i've heard of this and i'm learning about it as we go uh i've got a i've got a ford truck um a manufacturer set it up a certain way you know there's a chip in there to keep me from blowing up the engine or doing certain things there's uh, emissions i've got an emissions deal in there and all kinds of stuff now there are places i could go and spend money, and they tell you, oh, yeah, it's going to void your warranty, but you could put this souped-up chip in this sucker, and, man, it's going to make it go faster, and it's going to make it do this, and, man, the, the radio is going to sound louder, and it's going to go down the road fast. I'm kind of joking around about the radio example, but basically that's what they're doing, and they tell you. You know, I've had buddies, you know, oh, man, I'm going to go soup up my soup up my Ford or my Chevy or whatever they have, but it's going to void your warranty. And it's gonna, you know, you know, you may not be able to trade it in. And if you bring it in to for service, if you have a service warranty, they're probably gonna tell you to fly kite, or they're gonna tell you they're not gonna work on it. So basically, is that kind of what we're talking about here? So some of this, this, this right to repair, and this is important to me because, as as you know, as a farmer, you know, and as somebody that has equipment, I want to be able to work on my my own equipment if I have an issue. But at the same time, I also understand. I probably shouldn't have somebody that's either not qualified to work on it or I understand that I can't go in there and change a bunch of computer settings where it may make it dangerous. Um, you know, it, it may change it or void warranties that I have with John Deere. So that's, I want you to go into more detail. Am I kind of on track there? No, you're, you're absolutely on track. And, and essentially what you're referring to there is we – we hear now right to modify. So, so again, as John Deere and, and other manufacturers, other OEs, we're, we're absolutely good with that right to repair, right? Mm-hmm. But, but as you're mentioning, the, the right to modify. If, if you own a piece of equipment, you know, that's yours to do with what you want, et cetera. Uh, again, there may be other laws that are impacting you. Um, that could be the same laws that restrict us, right? So we like emissions or environmental yep. concerns. Yep. Okay. So so with that, with the environmental concerns, um, like the Clean Air Act, that dates all the way back to 1970. It's it's had different iterations, and different folks have been, uh, we'll say, have infringed on that over over the years, and and essentially the the EPA is looking into that and checking into that. Um, Basically, but but a lot of those things are unkept or unchecked um, because the EPA is a small group, right? Yes, sir. And and like you mentioned, if those guys are out there, well, it, 
all, I'm from rural America too, right? So if they're out there rolling coal and getting that black smoke going, it looks really cool, and they can dust their neighbor, right, like next to them at the stoplight. <laughs> right. But but unfortunately, you know that that's an EPA regulation right. that that they're breaking warranties there. Yeah, they, like they are voiding the warranty, and those are things that that as a equipment manufacturer, those are things that you know impact us that we can't stand behind, right? Because that. Again, that's the customer's right to modify that, but we can't stand behind their modification, right? Because right. we we need to test the products. We need to um, basically put the, those pieces of equipment out the way the government holds us accountable. Right. And there's also intellectual properties that are at, at, at stake here to me. Um, you know, John Deere and other manufacturers have spent a lot of money to come up with, you know, programs or intellectual rights, property rights, you know, basically – which means technology and certain things that are, you know, in those systems that are owned by them. Um, you know, that's that's technology that's set up by them to help that piece of equipment run efficiently, run safely, not overtax the engine, things like that. Am I am I correct there? No, that again, you you are very affluent. Well, so <laughs> so no, this this is this is some great commentation or commentary here no, it's, um, it's 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 an interesting subject to me because i know there's people on both sides of the fence but to me if i was a manufacturer if i came up with some intellectual property rights or i own something i understand that so i don't i don't have an issue with that apparently some i know there's some some disagreements some people do um let's talk about the problems with it so let's say i have whether it's any manufacturer really uh but let's just stick with large tractors right now just for an example um, guy has a large tractor and he decides that like my buddy that decided to put in a chip in his, in his Ford and void all the warranties and, and, you know, EPA, he's not, he's not worried about all the extra pollution that that diesel's throwing out in the air. Um, if they do that, let's talk about some of the negatives there and, and what they've done to that piece of equipment and some of the ramifications that could come from that. Yeah, so so definitely. So so anytime you um, chip an item or or you change that profile that that engine operates to. So so basically, when a manufacturer specs that out, we we have to follow that Clean Air Act. So so essentially, as we go up through the tiers of emission requirements, if if you look at what even was a tier three engine, maybe. 10 or 12 years ago, um, it was a very low particulate level. The NOx, everything was exceptionally low on that at that time, but it wasn't good enough. So so basically, you know, the EPA is like, you got to get cleaner, you got to get cleaner, you got to get cleaner. So if you think of one of those tier three engines, what if, if you would take like a particulate cloth, if you would, and you put it over that exhaust, basically what you would do is you go in and count how many little particulates you have, right? Oh, okay. so I didn't know how they did that. Yeah, That's there you go. Interesting. It's pretty boring, boring, nerdy stuff. But <laughs> but anyway, and it, as they're running those and testing them, they've got X amount of sensors. So they're they're also testing, making sure that that we're in compliance on this. But as we progress to, you know, tier four or interim tier four then final tier four and now we're moving into other tiers like on road or even getting into tier five etc which eventually you know ag and off-road will will eventually be getting into you're trying to get that particulate lower right and and the way engineers and and scientists have explained this to us is basically you you put that particulate cloth over there and and you're trying to get it down to the size of basically what a pin or a needle would be right so so essentially you know what 
the least way amount it, of pollution in the air. Yeah, to dump le- it down. less pollution. The, the thought is it's cleaner coming out the back of it or out the top, out through the stack on the tractor than what it is coming in. So that that's the ultimate goal, right? We, we want lower emissions. We do not want to cause pollution, et cetera. So that, that is the essence of that Clean Air Act that we try to hold to, if you will. Uh, and that's why we have things like DEF and, you know what I mean, yeah. all the different sensors and things like yeah. that. On, on so, the- yeah, DEF helps helps for that burn, right? It help it helps get rid of, um, as, as that SRC or DPF is, is collecting um, those emissions, right, the catalytic t- type um, collection like, like much on your automotive. So what that DEF's doing is it's helping burn that up, right? So it's helping to make that cleaner as it's coming out the exhaust. So it's not emitting it out. Correct. So let's talk about the, you know, the, the ramifications of somebody doing that. So to use my buddy as an example that voided the warranty on his truck and decided to chip it, and now he's got smoke blowing and, you know, to be, like you said, blowing coal. <laughs> and, yeah, he's faster, but he's also burning up that engine faster. He's voided the warranty. Let's talk about the negatives of that. So, you know, a guy gets sold on it or somebody convinces him, hey, let's do this to your tractor. Let's, let's talk about the negatives of that. So besides the negative of now they may have environmental concerns, you know what I mean, that that was set up for, let's also talk about the safety issues that could be involved. And let's talk about not only voiding warranties, but also even trade-in value because there's a whole lot of things that, that may come into play here. Yeah, a- absolutely. All great points. So so basically with with every engine, you know, whether it's a John Deere or Ford or, or whoever. Yeah, or another major tractor yeah, manufacturer. E- yep. Exactly. Th- those are manufactured to a specification. And the way the way the turbo works with the injectors, the way the air is coming in, all, all of those things are what creates your power or what creates your horsepower range you're going to get out of that. If, if you mess with that, right, you're you're going to add a little more fuel, so that means you've got a little less air. You you are trying to get that without maybe some compression change or something like that that you would need to make it more efficient. So there there are different things that are happening that what you can do is you can actually decay or or start to erode the performance of that engine. Like because you're you're burning hotter. You are, yep. and 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 things that I I have personally seen is, uh, and this is unfortunate, but but you can actually get that cylinder so hot that you're you're piston dome will actually start to erode away it can it can crack out um so b- basically from all that extra fuel so so those are things i mean that's an added expense and and you can you know you can get into destroying blocks you can crack heads you can do all kinds of things there um so so basically and with that again you are going to be uh just say for instance with that engine it's going to have a specific transmission with it right yes sir. so so if they increase that horsepower and that transmission is not made for that horsepower range then then you're also could be impacting um the longevity of that transmission so so you could have additional cost so not associated. just the engine but not, also the transmission. yeah okay you, i'm following and, and again you know you could get that all the way back to the rear end right or or front end if you've got a four-wheel drive etc so there, there are things that can definitely happen with that, and un, unfortunately, those are things that, and, and again, it's customers' right to to modify as long as they do legally. And again, that's between the, um, we'll say the the EPA and them on on what they do, right? But but the thing is, you you can erode that. Um, 
performance of that vehicle ultimately you you can shorten its life so so basically um as you were mentioning what what can when, when you go to a john deere dealer per se and you want to trade that vehicle so if you've got that tractor you've made that modifications those those are things that that dealer would not be able to give you a full value on right there there would be um, reasons for them to go in there and actually have to perform repairs or maybe update that engine transmission rear end what whatever those items that might have been impacted so so whereas if you may have been going in expecting to get we'll say 65 percent maybe even 70 percent of the value of of that new vehicle you're trying to trade into it it might really lessen that it could cut that trade value in half or even less right right, which is understandable yep so let me ask you this because i don't know um, does that also on John Deere void the warranty? I would assume it does oh, because yes. of my trucks yeah. on anything else. And that was, you know, my buddy did it and I'm like, well, that's not worth it to me. I've got a lot of money in this, in my truck. And if I do that, it's going to void my warranty. And then what are the issues when I go to trade it in? So it's the same thing with John Deere or probably most, you know, to I mean large tractor or, you know, vehicle manufacturers. If you go messing with, you know, intellectual property rights or getting into the computer and redesigning it to do things that it's not designed for, it's not programmed for or designed for, you're going to void the warranty. You stand a good chance of either not being able to trade it in or to get just a partial what you would have gotten had you not changed it. Correct. Okay. Correct. And let's talk a little bit because there's also some safety concerns there, right? So, you know, when you're hauling equipment, you know, we haul spray rigs. You know, my son has an applicator license. so He can, you know, spray stuff on there. He's got sometimes, you know, 500 gallons, 1,000 gallons, you know, even more, you know, chemical uh, that he's running. If somebody makes a modification, that makes me nervous if it's not really set up to run that way. So no. are there some safety concerns with that as well? So you're, you're absolutely correct, and, and a sprayer is a great example of, of changes, right? If, let's say, for instance, they, they give that, a little more power and, and let's say that you you can overrun the limiter on that let's say that that they're allowed to go faster so the brakes are rated for x amount of speed on that with x amount of weight so essentially if if you do turn that up and you are going a little faster you're, you're going to heat up the brakes or possibly overrun the brakes um there there are other issues that can occur with that, right? So, so anytime you go in and make a modification, um, these are very sophisticated pieces of equipment, especially as you get into the newer ones. Um, just yeah, the artificial intelligence in these machines now is un- unbelievable. Correct, correct. So there, we'll, we'll just say with our sprayers, there. Well, with with all of our equipment, or or we'll say all of our larger ag equipment, there at least the majority of them, there's the ability to auto track or dry themselves. Yes, sir. Right. So, so that is something you control and, and you, you allow it to happen, et cetera. Right. Um, basically you just have to look out for the, the big things in the way, right. Cause it can't, it can't right. direct over that. So, so basically there are, there are things that could be changed. If, if somebody wants to get in there and change that code there, there are things that with just say tractors today can have 40 controllers in them. Those controllers all have to talk to each other. So if you go in and change code in a specific area as it's running through that can, 
there are opportunities for that to impact other areas of that vehicle operation to which we as the manufacturer can't even fathom to what that is right because we aren't the ones that are going out there and changing that right. so you've designed it for a certain right. purpose and now yep. all of a sudden everything's tweaking so yep what was it henry david thoreau i think somebody said you can't pluck a flower without troubling a star that was a i love that quote because there's a, there's some similarities there if you tweak something on one part of a computer system that somebody has intellectual rights on that's designed to do a certain thing it could impact other things that could be dangerous could impact the performance so it's a pretty standard i mean i know there's i, I certainly understand there's some arguments for both sides you know but i want to make sure that people understand from you guys perspective you guys are great with people working on their own equipment that's not a problem the problem arises when it's going to be an environment you know environmental impact um emissions safety you know there's other concerns so it sounds all great to uh you know throw a chip in something like my buddy that did it with his vehicle but he may blow up his engine early you know he's voided his warranty and it's going to impact his trade-in value because they're going to be able to look at that and go oh yeah this has been modified or even pulling pollution stuff off you know what i mean that's yep. that stuff's in there for a reason um and don't get me wrong I, I I don't like it as much as the next guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I would love to have no pollution stuff on my truck, but it's in there for a reason. <laughs> that keeps it legal. Manufacturer put it in there for a reason. If I start tweaking it, I've got no complaints if that engine blows up. You know what I mean? Or I cause problems. And we're not talking about inexpensive pieces of equipment here. So why take the risk, I guess, is, is my question. And what I want to put out there is why take the risk to avoid the warranty, possibly cause a safety issue, possibly burn something up quicker than it needs to be it, it, it's i guess the the payoff isn't worth the return in my opinion sure no i mean that 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 was phrased exceptionally well well it's just it's it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation so what are, what are some of the things that went into that that right to repair i mean you know you you know the technology or not the technology i shouldn't say that but you know the the legislation and some of the legalese way better than I do. I mean, I, I'm summing it up kind of in a nutshell based on what I understand about it. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, and I'm not necessarily asking you to speak for the company here, but just your personal opinion. Um, you know, what's some of the things that went into this? So so to be honest, the the legislation, it, it is going to change from state to state and what, what people are looking for. Um, ultimately, what, it, at least from, we'll say from the debates and, and some of the, uh, we'll say some of the hearings and some of the things that I, I've been involved with. What what I have seen is is it it it's unfortunately there's not a lot of knowledge out there on this, right? There there's concern that the customer is not able to work on their equipment. So it's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I believe that that there are again, I, I think you know, there's some people out there with good intent. They're, they're looking out for customers are trying to take care, take care of those, um, constituents, I guess, if you will. But, but basically what it, with John Deere, what, what we're able to do is we do again, like we mentioned in the beginning, we support that right to repair and we have, um, we have 
basically tech manuals, the same information that would be available for a dealer for that customer to go out there and get and actually work on it. Um, they can go online, order their parts, right? They, they can get them directly from, from a John Deere dealer or, or on smaller equipment. They can, and there's some that actually are orderable directly from Deere. Um, so, so those parts are readily available. Um, we also have provided training. So we've, we've got various, of course, YouTube videos, et cetera. But, but customers actually have the opportunity to go get free training from John Deere, right? So we've actually got web-based training that they can go in and take the same type of training that a John Deere technician is going to take. And the, wow. the irony behind that is... Whereas a customer can get it for free, our dealers actually pay for it as part as part of their uh, uh, basically as part of their contract. So so essentially, customers are getting something that um, they may not be aware of. And and again, uh, you've given us an opportunity to share a little more of that that may not be known. Now, where does somebody go to get that free training? So, so you threw that out there. Where do I? Somebody yep, may so, be listening that's going, "Wow, okay, I want to learn. So, how do I do that?" No, that's great, great question. So basically, at deer.com, um, we we do have it under repair. So if uh, we actually have have taken everything that we have, just because of basically customers' request and and questions on right to repair and what is John Deere doing already for for customers. So essentially, we have this web page out there that it's going to, if they go under repair, they're going to be able to find that. So they're they're going to see what training manuals are there. There's a link to take them to a publications page to purchase those. There's a link in there to take them to where they're going to get in touch to buy their parts. There's, There's a link inside there that's going to take them to John Deere University to get get that education. There's a link in there that's going to take them to John Deere YouTube page. So so what we've done is we've had all these in the past, but the last few years we're trying to consolidate all these. Again, just because just we want to educate and help people understand that you know they do have the right to repair and these items are available to them so so essentially when we go visit a lot of these legislators we we show them what is available you know whether whether it's a, a small cut tractor like say a one through four or one through five even we've got apps that will basically if it's got a diagnostics trouble code or something like that they can identify that on that app right so so there are different things that we've tried to offer for different consumers right, right. whereas um, somebody with a large ag applic- or operation they may want a tech manual or they may want a um, we had talked a little bit about customer service advisor before we started yes sir. so so we have this tool that is very similar to what a technician uses. Um, essentially, it provides about 95% of the access that a technician has. So, so if they're needing to diagnose troubleshoot sensors, um, if, they're, if they're trying to you know, determine if they've got an injector issue or different things that they may have, you know, they're going to be- usually dirt inside the fuel. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Change your fuel filter. Yeah. That that that's a very common thing. I I know the majority of service managers I visit, the moment I'm walking in the door, they're like, Hey, did you change your fuel filter? So so um so yeah, if you dirt in fuel is bad. It's very bad. It it'll take out a modern system very quickly. My so. son my son and and we work on our own stuff because as you know, I'm almost forty minutes from the closest gas station where I live. So if we can fix it ourselves we're going to fix it ourselves. The problem is I'm not a very good mechanic. My son likes to say that my favorite quote is, if a hammer won't fix it, it's probably an electrical problem. 
because that's just the way I look at stuff. But if it's something we can repair, we're going to do it. But to me, um, you know, it's funny because the misconception of you guys don't support people working on their own equipment is 100% false. You guys say work on it. You know, I end up calling a truck a lot because I don't want to get into it myself. And I'd much rather have somebody qualified come out there and do it. But if I want to do it myself, I can buy the parts. I can do it myself. Basically, the only thing you guys are saying is, ah, don't go messing with the computer system. There's a lot of intellectual rights in there that keep you safe, keep the environment clean. And, uh, you know, you stand to really lose a lot of your investment if you go messing with that stuff. But pretty much anything else, you guys want to tackle it? Knock yourself out. Is that pretty much in a nutshell you, what, we're, what we're talking about? You, 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 are, you are right there. That's, that's a good summary. So what else can you tell us about this? Is there any other inter- any, anything else interesting or that sticks out in your mind um, as far as, you know, the, the right to repair or misconceptions that people may have? Uh, is there anything else, you know, you think, man, you know, let's talk about this a little bit, Fred, or let's add this because I think this is an important part of this. Um, you just talked to me about, you know, where guys can go on John Deere's page and get the manuals. They can download the same stuff that the mechanics are looking at and that they're getting trained on. So a vast majority of the stuff they can find right there. And, and you guys are helping people do it themselves. So if they want to pull it into their own barn or park it underneath the old oak tree and get after it, they can do that. Yep, cor- correct. E- even customer service advisor, they're on that page that I mentioned, there. there's a link to go in there. Essentially, they're going to click on that. They're going to fill out a form that they would like to purchase this, and then they can find the closest dealer to them. So in the case of Four Rivers, you know, they're scattered throughout many, many states here, right? We got Wyoming, we've got Colorado, Texas, we got yeah. New Mexico, Arizona. Texas. So, so basically you've, you've got a dealer very close to you. Uh-huh. So, um, so essentially that, that if, if they wanted to buy customer service advisor, they, they are more than welcome to. And again, they'll have a very similar tool to what a technician uses today. And, um, I, I will say I, I mentioned this to uh, some of the folks a little before the podcast. They're they're actually one of the best promoters and and have some of the highest sales on that. So that's awesome, and that's that's what's fun about the podcast to me is I get to meet and talk to people that are amazing. Uh, you know, farmers, uh, you know, people that are in the ag industry, all facets of it, which is really fascinating to me. But this is interesting because this this involves a totally different subject. This is you know based on some legislation that's come out that one. Some people have misconceptions about. Two, I'm glad you talked about some of the free training that people can get, you know, and how it's very important, which is pretty simple, right? You know, don't don't stick your finger in a light socket. Don't go messing with something you, 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 that was designed for something else. Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Anything else you want to add, Will? Um, any points that, you know, you think guys should be aware of? I, I honestly, I think you've got me talked out, Fred. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for taking your time. I think it's important because, again, like I said, I work on my stuff whenever we can or my sons will work on it. Uh, but I appreciate kind of clearing up a subject that I think uh, some people don't quite don't quite get. It, it's pretty easy to understand when it comes to uh, when it comes to vehicles, but sometimes on large tractors and things like that, sometimes people have a little bit of a misconception. So thanks for clearing that up with me, Will, and I appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. All right, buddy.